everyone, welcome back to our series on uh, the armor of God. Now, last week we talked about the book of Ephesians, sort of a, an, an overall summary of the book. And we talked about how chapter 1 and chapter 6 are bookends, looking at things from a cosmic perspective, a heavenly realm perspective, and that everything in between is the battleground. And so what's understanding that? We understand the importance of doctrine and, and, and right living and, and these different kinds of things that come along in the book of Ephesians. We're then able to now look at the armor itself and how it plays out in our everyday lives. So today we're going to be looking at uh, the belt of truth. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading verses 13 and the first portion of 14. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 and the front end of 14. If you don't know where the book of Ephesians is, in the beginning of your Bible, there's a table of contents. You just go ahead and use it. Here we go. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for today, and I thank you for your word. I thank you, uh, that Lord, that you instruct us on what it means to be in a battle, to be a people who are not in the world, or sorry, in the world, but not of the world. And at the same time, Lord, recognizing that our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It is against principalities and powers and authorities that rule this earth. And so, Lord God, would you help us to not see people as an enemy and to recognize that as we're looking at your armor, that these are things that are part of the believer's life that we are to have put on all the time. In your name I pray. Amen. So, a couple of key things to consider when we're looking at the whole idea of the armor. And it's just to front end load this a little bit, and I'll probably mention this a few times as we continue forward in this series, but this is a language that is mimicking the Roman soldier's armor. And by that, what I mean is, Every piece of this armor is intended to be protecting the front. And, and as it's protecting the front, because you don't actually hear anything in this armor that protects your back. So it means that you're always facing forward, you're always facing your enemy, you're always driving forward. And the reason that this becomes really important is because the moment a Roman soldier would turn around, their back was exposed, they were easily wounded. And so what you could say from the imagery being used, Never give the devil your back, period. Always face life, temptations, struggles, persecutions, face on. Don't shy away from them. Don't turn your back on them. Face it. Stand firm is what the scripture actually tells us. So that's one piece to bear in mind that this is based on Roman armor, no protection for the back, always understanding that we're facing forward towards that which is coming our way to either attack us or, or when we're on the offensive. And I think that's really important. The other thing to bear in mind is that these are things that come along in the believer's life that are gifts already granted to us. So it's not like we have to try and attain these things. These are things we already have. And so the Lord then is telling us how these things play out as they are well, being lived out in the believer's life. So here we go. We'll dive right in and uh, we talk about the belt of truth. Now, if you've read this passage, what you're going to see is this idea of the belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit are kind of the bookends of, of these armor. 
And there's a lot of confusion for people from time to time when they read the Scriptures and they say, hey, so what is the difference between the pelt of truth and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? I think, in short, the easiest answer uh, to explain it is that the belt of truth represents this idea of we are obtaining, we are learning the truth in the Scriptures. And so we, we understand that there is absolute truth. We understand that there is truth that is outside functions, outside of our emotions, that informs everything else in life. It is a truth that informs how my compassion works out towards people. It is a truth that informs uh, how I serve, how I give, how I love, all those different kinds of things. Uh, that's the absolute truth. And then, of course, along with that, the idea uh, of, of the absolute essentials within Christianity, the Lordship of Jesus, the, the fact that there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus. These are truths that we learn and we dive into within the Scripture. So that's part of it. The sword of the Spirit, then, you could say, would be the practice of that truth. So if the belt of truth is the recognition of truth and the learning and growing in that truth, the sword of the Spirit is the practice of that truth in either an offensive or defensive manner. All right, so as we go on, we put on the belt of truth by reading and, and studying the Scriptures. This is how this happens. Uh, I can't stress enough how important understanding our Bibles is within the Christian walk. Every single um, believer in, in the earliest days of Christianity understood the need to sit under the apostles' teachings and learn about the faith and learn about Jesus and, and, and understand the prophecies and how Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies in the Old Testament and coming as the Messiah. All these different things are critically important to the life of the believer and in part so that they could stand firm knowing that they were following the true Messiah. So this is important stuff. And so we put on the belt of truth by reading the scriptures, by listening to or taking in good biblical preaching, good lectures and seminars, by reading books that explain the scriptures, explain the background behind the scriptures, like why was it written? What were they dealing with so that we have a better understanding of what's taking place? And then also to memorize them. Because when you memorize scripture, in those days where there, it's just tough, it's like all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings that scripture to mind to you, and it's an encouragement. I know, and it saddens me to say it, but I know that there are so many people out there who say things like, well, I don't like reading. Okay, I get it. You may not like reading. But when we're talking about battle, when we're talking about spiritual warfare, when we're talking about the idea that there's no such thing as neutrality within the kingdom, Jesus says you're either with me or against me, like this is the language that's used. You got to read. You got to pick it up. You got to take it in and you got to learn and study and internalize and grow and read and over and over and over again because it is so vital to the Christian walk. And so what we could say then is that putting on the belt of truth is putting on the Bible. That's what you could say. Putting on the belt of truth is putting on the Bible. Learning the truths within the scriptures, truths about who you are, who God is, of the nature of humanity, the nature of the world, salvation, all of these things, this is truth that we put on around us based on the scripture. So we understand then what it says. We know what it teaches. It's kind of how we take up and buckle up 
the belt of truth. And when we do this, the sword comes with the belt. It is the, we, we use the sword by using the truths of the Scripture, and they kind of work in tandem with each other. So one, we learn the truths, we deepen our understandings within the truths, and the other one, we enact the truths. And these will help us defend ourselves against the attacks of the devil. Now, as we look at this particular uh, item of the armor, and as we talk about putting it on, where does it go? The position actually matters. And so when you talk about the Bible's position then, if we understand that the, the belt of truth is, is learning the truths within the Scriptures, if we understand that, then the Bible's position matters. Listen to this. Verse 14, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in its place. Now, when you become a follower of Jesus, you're going to soon discover that you have made an enemy. And not just any enemy. Not just somebody who dislikes you, but somebody who just vehemently hates you, detests you, wants to wreck you. We have an enemy. And with this ruthless hatred, Satan bombards any Christian with trials and temptations and doubts and, and, and persecutions at time to time. I want us to understand that the enemy declares war on every single one of us. Like, they're, like I am not joking when I say that there is no neutrality within Christianity. The devil weighs war on you. He wages war on you. The moment you accept Jesus, you have an enemy. He hates you. He's waging war on you, period. End stop. No ands, ifs, or buts. You are in a battle. Regardless of whether or not you recognize it, you're in it. But don't worry. See, that's the kind of the bad news you could say, but don't worry, because God has prepared us for this. So he made a, a way forward to be able to stand in the midst of those attacks, that battle. In verse 11, he says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so I just kind of want to dissect this verse 11 a little bit. You heard God say, put on the armor of God. And, and this word, this language of put on, it's a military term. It means to, to kind of be, be endowed, be, be completely covered by, protected by. And because of the tense in which it's written, we understand that it's actually not an outfit that we need to purchase or, or to gain. It's something that's actually gifted to us. That's the language that's used here. And so then uh, it was bought on the cross, laid out in front of us for us to put on. And so we don't attain it. We don't, uh, we don't try to gain it. There's not a larger you know, belt of truth. <laughs> Some of us might need a larger one than others, you may think. Uh, but it's not like there's a larger belt or anything. Everybody's got the same stuff that we're given, paid for, by, by Christ on the cross, given to us, kind of laid out in front of us, the way that you would lay out your clothes for a young child. God lays this out for us and says, put this on, because when you do, you'll be protected against the evil one's schemes. And the problem today is that is not that we don't have the resources to fight in these clashes against the enemy. That's not the problem. The problem is that we often don't use the resources that God has just simply laid out in front of us. And for this reason, we're commanded to put on the armor of God and get dressed for battle. That's the idea here. This language then also of the whole armor, this word means not to leave off one piece 
like to take all of it on. And, and if you've left off one article of your clothing this morning, you would probably have noticed it. Like if you, in the dead of winter, if you go outside and you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to kind of treat this like it's a summer day and I'm going to go out there with like, I don't know, a sleeveless shirt or something. You're going to notice that. There's something missing. You know what's missing? Sleeves. It's winter. Use your head. You don't go into a battle unless you are fully armed. That's the language being used here. So just think if you left your socks off this morning or, or your shoes, you would be sure that you were not fully dressed. It's the kind of language here. Don't miss out on anything. Take it all in. Use all of this armor. Be completely dressed. Continuing on in verse 11, there's this word able. And this word able, you know, so that you are able to take your stand kind of idea. This word able comes from a Greek word that I think you'd have fun with. It's called dunamai. Dunamai is the Greek word that we get our word dynamite from. And it is this explosive power that comes from God. And so, you know, so that you are able to stand against the devil's schemes, this dunamai, you are explosive towards the devil's schemes, the idea of stand uh, so that you might be able to stand eyeball to eyeball against the enemy. Like you don't have to back down. You can stand, face the enemy head on. And as we receive this command to put on the armor of God, God's immediately, like he begins to unveil this wardrobe. And it's interestingly, it's interesting to me that he begins with this belt this belt of truth. I don't typically wear belts. Um, times I do wear belts is when my pants are too big. And, uh, and that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so I don't find myself relating to the language of the belt very well. But for the Roman soldier, the belt was the most important item. You see, for the Roman soldier, the belt is what kept everything in and together and, and secure. And so this idea of the belt being present is it's that it held the breastplate in place and the breastplate kind of took care of all the organs and kept them protected. It had a clip on which the shield was able to rest and it had a clip in which the soldier hung their sword. And so when Paul says that God's truth is like a belt, he's saying that this truth is foundational in our life and without it, things kind of fall apart. Think about that for a second. Without gospel, biblical truth, things just seem to fall apart. You know, we start believing things that come from a world's perspective, a world's righteousness uh, that we find in our lives today. Um, you know, this idea that, that what might be biblically righteous is not considered worldly righteous. And what is worldly righteous, we know. It's not really biblically righteous. And so truth becomes paramount within this battle. And in this passage, God says that the truth should be found in the position of a belt. Why? Well, because the belt is so important to this Roman soldier. And simply stated, the belt held everything else together. And so in the believer's life, this belt of truth, this truth that we're learning from the Scriptures, the truths from the Word of God about who we are, who the world is, who He is, how one is saved, all of these different kinds of things, how we do life, all of this stuff is held together by this belt. And when you don't have that belt, 
when that belt is not securely fastened, everything else becomes weaker. Everything else becomes weaker. And so in the same way, the truth of God is this stabilizing and securing hinge of our lives that holds us together. Even when sometimes we feel like we're falling apart. And explaining the need for God's Word, God commands us to daily make it the central place in our lives. Give it a dominant role in our lives. That's what we're told about this truth that we get from God's Word as we learn and dive deeper into the truth. Now, here's the other thing that comes along with this. So the position of of this truth, the belt matters. This is critically important because it holds everything else together and, and keeps everything secure. But it's not just that. It is that, that the Bible specifically is actually quite unique. In verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Most spiritual weapons that are talked about in Ephesians chapter 6 are invisible. But this one's different. I mean, think about it. Can anyone visibly see your faith? No, but they can experience the results of your faith, right? Can anyone see your shoes of peace? Well, no. Though they can experience you acting within those shoes of peace, right? Can anyone see your breastplate of righteousness? Well, no, but they can see the results of your righteousness, but they can't visibly actually see your righteousness. And yet the Greek word for truth in this passage It's actually a pretty unique word. It's a peculiar word, you could say. The word truth refers to something that has been laid tangibly and clearly before our eyes. It's the only one that talks about it like this. It has been laid clearly and tangibly before our eyes. Now listen, in the spiritual life, there are many things that are real that we just can't see with our fleshly eyes. For example, God is in this room. Wherever you are right now, God is with you. God is in that space with you. And I know this is true because even if you are alone, one of the things we learn about the, the doctrines of God, the truth, is that He is present in all spaces and all times. So there's no place that you could possibly be that He is not present. In addition to that, if you are with other believers, then there were two or three are gathered. There I am also in their midst. This is important. And so I... I can't visibly show him to you as being present. That doesn't deny the truth of his presence. Maybe you'd be touched by his spirit, but I can't show him visibly to you. And yet in God's grace, he chose to do something incredible. In God's grace, he chose to take the words of his mouth and hand them to us physically in the scriptures. He made them visible. The Bible is the one spiritual weapon that God has laid out visibly and tangibly before our eyes. That makes it pretty important. I'm not saying it's more important than any of the other ones, but that's certainly that is something that we're able to take hold of and hang on to. That is the unique thing about the Bible. That is the only weapon that God permitted to pass through the spiritual realm into the physical realm the one that we cannot see, into the one that we can see. And so the Word of God, His instruction for us in life, His instruction on who He is, who we are, who the world is, all of these different things, He hands to us in this. 
something that moved from that which was spiritual into something physical. It's the only one of the weapons that does that, the Word of God. Now, you could say that that is true of the belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit, right? Um, but re referencing the Word of God, but it's the only one. And so this is one of those incredibly important things that it is a weapon that we can see with our eyes, we can hold it with our hands, we can uh, hide in our hearts after reading it. I want you to know that that Bible you're reading from, it's not just a book. It's not like just a story of, of historical figures. It's not just a book of rules and meditations and poems and wisdom. It's, it is a weapon to be used in the struggles that you have in life. And I don't care what the struggle is. Pick one. There's truth in this word on how to manage or walk through that struggle, how to enter into that battle. Is it your marriage that's struggling? There's truth for it. Is it your work that's struggling? There's truth for it. Is it your identity struggling? There's truth for it. Purpose, truth. All of this stuff has truth to be able to enter into and help in this battle that we have in life. Thirdly, it would be this. I want to suggest to you that not only does the Bible have a certain position, which is that belt around us that kind of holds everything else in, not only is it that the Bible is unique and that is the only weapon listed in this list of weapons that move from the spiritual realm into the physical realm that we can actually tangibly see and hold and, and deal with, but I believe that it's also protective. Verse 11 says, Put on the full armor of God's so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, from the Bible... There are three important words that I think are, uh, are critical for us to understand this particular section of the Scripture. It helps us understand the power of God's Word in our lives. Now, the first word would be this, schemes. The term schemes here uh, is, is the Greek word where we get our term method from. The word schemes in verse 10 is a word, again, that we get our method from. Uh, literally, God's Word helps us stand strong against the methods of the devil. Think about that for a second. There are those who are unaware of the devil's schemes, right? And, and, and are unaware of how he plays things out, how he works. But what I want us to understand is that the Word of God that we are given helps us to stand against the devil's methods, his schemes. And you don't have to look any further than Jesus in the wilderness when he's being tempted by the devil. Remember, the devil used the Bible to tempt him. He didn't tell him things that weren't true. He wanted to use something true to lead him towards something false. And Jesus' response in that, okay, in having the belt of truth on, Jesus' response in that scenario, in that battle with the devil, was to attack it with truth. The whole truth. This is important. Our enemy wants to trick our minds. He's crafty. He's subtle. He... Oh, he tricks us. In this spirit, he seeks to place thoughts, lies, little seeds of deception in our minds. But God's word reveals Satan's methods and he allows us to stand against them. You hear that? God's word reveals Satan's methods and allows us to stand against them. Second thing, word, would be the word devices. 
which is another word that often gets described or used to describe how the evil one works. It's a very similar word to the word schemes. Devices is a, it's kind of a marriage between two words. The first one meaning sort of that mind and intellect. And the second word being confusion. And so in this word, what we find is, is that like the scripture talks about it as a battle for our minds, that, that the evil one wants to confuse our minds. Hear me, Satan wants to confuse your mind. Your mind about who you are as you stand before Jesus, who Jesus is in your life, both friend of sinners, but Lord and creator, who you are in relationship to other believers, what the church is, who makes it into heaven, how we're to interact with the world around us, what is true, what is not true, what is godly, what is not godly. He wants to confuse your mind. Devices. He wants to play mind games with us. He wants to trick the mind and, and, and confuse it. But let's understand it. So on the one hand, we know that the evil one wants to confuse our minds, but we also understand from Romans chapter 12 that Jesus seeks to renew our minds, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test God's will, His perfect, pleasing will. And so there's a battle for the mind. The third word would be the word deceive. Planeo is the Greek. And again, this word deceive bears a strong resemblance to words like schemes and devices. This word actually means to cause to stray or to lead astray, to lead aside from the right way. So understand then that his methods are numerous, but his deception, right, this, his, his, uh, his mannerisms, his ways of being, you could say that his devices are intended to confuse our minds. And in the confusing of our minds, he desires to lead us astray from that which is the right way. So literally, Satan doesn't want our heads just in the clouds spiritually. He wants our minds to roam off in the wrong direction. And if so, we're going to roam away from the battlefield. As a matter of fact, we will get to a place where we will not even recognize that we're even in a battle. How about that? How often do we live life as though there isn't a war going on? That there isn't a battle going on? Guys, there's a it's a battle every day, every night, every moment. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, the word furnished here in this passage is to be fit completely and more pointedly, to be completely geared up into all good works. Completely geared up. It's a word picture here. It provides a picture of a fully armed soldier ready for battle. That's what we are to be. Fully armed soldiers ready for battle, recognizing that every single day is a battle. Every single day. And living life as if it wasn't, is living a life that is distracted. Now, I'm not saying that we can't enjoy life. and can't, No, I mean, there's a time for everything. We know that, that the Lord placed us here in part. He wants us to enjoy the life that we have. But it's a life with purpose, of godly purpose, 
of godly living and of, of gospel-centered relationships and, and, and helping to point everybody towards the Father so that our lives glorify Him, that we live our lives as our spiritual act of worship. Being fully armed and ready for battle. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in the desert, Jesus was able to turn away the attacks of the devil by pressing into the truth instead of being tricked by the devil's schemes. It was Jesus using the sword of the Spirit to defend himself against the wiles of the devil. That's what he did. He used the sword of the Spirit against the wiles of the devil. And Jesus was showing how to defend ourselves. He showed that spending time in the Word studying, learning the Scriptures, that He was able to access that Scripture, that truth, when the battle came. That's what the belt is. It's, it's the learning into the truth. It's being grounded in that truth, and the sword is to be using that truth. It's because Jesus wore the belt of truth that He was able to take up the sword of the Spirit and defend Himself when He was attacked by the devil. So buckle up. Put this buckle around us so that we can stand secure in the promises that the truth contains. And when the enemy comes with his lies and his deceptions, with this belt of truth firmly clasped around our waist, we will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That's it. That's the belt of truth. Dive into the truth of God's Word. Learn more. Soak it in. Take it in. Allow that belt of truth to hold everything in its place to keep everything secure because without the truth, everything falls apart. That is a battleground. Our minds are a battleground. Our understanding of faith and life are a battleground. Don't give in to the devil's schemes. Stand firm. As a matter of fact, it's a responsibility that we're given. When we read about it, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes. Not if. This is not an if statement. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. This is not Jesus fighting your battle for you. You may stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. This isn't that different than a conversation that God had with Cain. He says, Cain, the sin is creeping at your door. It desires to have you, but you must conquer it. There's this personal responsibility that we have. So for those who say, I don't like to read, read. Learn, study. Take in the podcast. Learn about the Word of God. Do an audio Bible. Whatever it is that you need to do to get the truth of God's Word into you so that you are secure, firm, holding everything in properly with this belt of truth, you will be able to know what the lies are. Because 90% truth, that's still a lie. And in the event that you were curious, that's how the devil works. See, the devil tries to remind us of who we were. God tells us who we are, that he brought us away from who we were. So did the devil lie to us in terms of telling us who we were? No, he's not lying to us. That is who we were. But he's trying to trick us into thinking that that's who we are. It's not. 
You see, in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so we recognize that the old was there, but it's gone. The devil wants you to remember that it was there and wants you to live as if it's still there. Where do you gain your truth from? Is it from God's Word or is it from articles? Is it, is it from the news media? Like, where, where are you gaining? What is authoritative in your life? And what metrics are you using to determine that it has authority in your life? What governs? What, is, what contributes to what is true in your life? Is it your feelings? You feel this, and so because you feel this, this must be what is true? Guys, that's too fickle. The news media changes its messaging depending on who's in political power. We, we, our emotions change based on our maturity levels and based on what we're dealing with in that particular day, week, month, year. You know what doesn't change? This. This doesn't change. Ever. This is truth. And the truth in it, used as a belt to secure everything else around us, will give us security and standing against the evil one schemes. Stand firm. Doing everything you can to have stood firm. Put on the belt of truth. Because when you do, you've got an amazing foundation for all the other armor that's coming. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for today and our time and your word. And I pray, Lord, that that people will take this and they will run with it. They will learn more about it. They'll deep dive into it even further to see how the belt of truth can play out in their lives. And so, Lord God, for anyone who is struggling with lies from the evil one, I pray, Jesus, that you will expose them to your truth about who they are. If there are lies about who you are, lies about who the world is, lies about anything, Lord, whatever the tricks are, Lord, that you will expose it in your truth. Would you give us a passion for your truth? In your holy name I pray, amen.